Fancast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis McWhorter off-season edition here brought to you by Wilson, which has a new ball coming out, I believe, on Black Friday. You can order the new optics, so you can do away with the old balls or keep them and get your new shipment of Wilson's, the best ball in the game by far. Yeah, yeah. How's off-season been, brother? Dude, it's been nice. It's only been a week so far, but um, (laughs) (laughs) it's been nice for sure. Just uh, went up to the mountains for a few days, get away. It was freezing up there and uh, doing a whole lot of nothing. It's funny, like, the so when I moved out to California, I originally moved out of Maryland because I hated the snow, and now I get so excited to go to the mountains to go right. see the snow. Yeah. Because when you live on the beach, you're like, oh, now I want to go to the mountains. And I'm sure when you live right. in the mountains, you probably live to come to the beach every now and then. Yeah, I like to go to the mountains for a little bit, but I'm like a three-day kind of guy yeah the cold it does not work well with me my hands go (laughs) numb like right away yeah but uh yeah i need i want to go snowboarding i'm a little sketched out like have you ever been yeah yeah i've been a a decent amount probably like five or six times and i love it but i'm a little scared right right now i'm like after breaking my hand and like trevor's probably i'm just like don't move Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of lame. But, no, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have some fun this off season, but definitely take calculated risks. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when do you start training again? Like, how long do you take off for? Because now that, like, there's no Hague, there's no Fort Lauderdale. Thank so the God. The earliest you guys would go, unless you do the Sydney three-star, would be in mid-March for Doha. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we're going to start after New Year's. Okay. So we're going to take all December, uh, these last two weeks of November off. But we'll be lifting. I don't know. I'm trying to yeah. figure that out. Right, We're going to have meetings this next week, kind of debrief 2019, plan for 2020, figure out what we want December to look like. Um, but I kind of want to figure out, you know, what changes I want to, how I want to go about things. It's interesting going into the Olympic year because you're like, you yeah. don't want to overdo it, but you don't want to underdo it either. You, right. The, my natural instinct is like, I got to start now. Like, I'm going to go train right yeah. now for it, you know. But, I mean, it's nine months away or something like that. Yeah, and then you have, like, probably, I looked at the schedule this morning, and I think there are 12 events, three or four stars, that you could play in that are, like, decent Olympic points. You guys right. probably avoid the threes. Yeah, I guess. for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to play it by ear and see what we need to do. But, yeah, for the most part, it's... Get ready for the four stars and, yeah. and do well there. And does do the points end in Rome? Yes. Is Rome the last, the cutoff? Yep. Okay. So the last day of Rome is Jan, uh, is June 14th or 15th. Yeah. So that's 15th is the cutoff. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool that like... It the, could come down to one of that. a huge one because like majors are so skewed with their points that I think that with how tight the men's and the women's races are, like... Could come down to that, which totally. Would be, which would make a major like way bigger Dude, than normal because it's the huge. only five star, and we're <laughs> all we were just looking at the averages. Our average scores between Jake Taylor, Phil, Nick, me, Trevor are all within twenty points of at, like so five hundred and forty to five hundred and twenty. Yeah, like we're all in it's that crazy. range, some or something like that. It's it's super close. So, yeah, yeah I mean if if we're anywhere close to as close as we are right now at that point it's gonna absolutely come to that and that's like one finish better yeah in a five star that's it. it's like a ninth versus 17th the fifth versus ninth yeah big move for you and trev and jake and tay 
both ended up on the podium, which I don't think we've had. We've done a podcast since you've podiumed. Dude, I know. I got a lot it's of high fives. I got a lot of high fives when uh, <laughs> yeah. when we walked into USA Volleyball because they were sweating. Uh, Phil and Nick had gotten a podium the first event of the year. They they got a silver, but none of us. Uh, we had a few fourth places. Yeah. Uh, between all of us, actually, we all had fourths. Me and Trevor had like two or three. Jake and Taylor had one, and yeah. Phil and Nick had one in a five-star. Uh, so so the men didn't bring home any uh, medals until the last event of the year. We got two. <laughs> Only Norseka medals have been coming in. Yeah, they're not too happy <laughs> about the, the USOC is not exactly funding <laughs> no. USA Volleyball for those ones. But four-stars do count for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did uh, So just, did like Trevor and Taylor, because I know that Trevor was like, Taylor, you haven't, like, gotten a podium, but oh, Taylor yeah. always gave Trevor crap for not getting, like, a real medal. Yeah. So does this one count for everyone? This one counts for sure. Uh, yeah, that dialogue is great. Um, we're up on the podium, and, uh, and you know, we went up, bronze, silver goes up, gold goes up, and they hold up their big trophy, and, and, and Trevor's yelling, and I'm like, about time, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Under his breath, so no one can see. Just about time. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Even though I was Trevor's first four star. Right. Medal too, but you know, any kind of dialogue they're gonna throw it out there. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You guys, a uh, narrow uh, call making your flights. It looked like was the airport. Oh, close? that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it was one of those like puddle jumper airports where it's like two okay. flights come in a day. Yeah. And we had the staff like had the car ready, literally like. We grabbed your bags. The van's right here. We ran straight oh, off awesome. the podium. Jake and them, like, got there, like, 10 minutes before boarding clothes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they said they put my bags in the car, and then I run in the car. I'm looking for them. Like, you didn't grab my bags. <laughs> so I run out, and luckily Jake and them didn't leave me. Um, but, yeah, we actually, I mean, I had, like, 30, 40 minutes to kill. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I was just documenting Rich and Jake yes. panicking. <laughs> I saw that. Jake yeah, was not having funny. it. Jake doesn't. Jake did not think it was funny at all. Yeah, I, that was funny. I thought yep. that was good. But it was good. That's. I'm all about ending the year on a good note. Yeah. You know? At least sure. trying to. Uh, yeah. you, it's, you don't always get to. But, like, if you can end the year on a good note, you set yourself up well in terms of seeding for the next year. Yeah. And you also go out with a good feeling. You know? Yeah, for sure. You need that. Yeah, and especially because like, you guys had a rough couple months before it. Yeah. Just, like, with your hand and everything. It's, t- it's still tough to swallow whenever anyone says the word five-star. Yeah. But uh, just because we left a lot of uh, potential points on the table there, um, and the other teams did capitalize on it, so yeah. we had our lead and they caught us during that time. Um, so this kind of like wipes that or helps wipe that clean a little bit yeah. like okay we didn't drop off we're just right. pretty much dead even we're all right here so yeah it's like a full restart from yeah. where we were beginning of 2019 yeah, it's, it's funny it's like i was looking at the the men's race and the women's race it's like after a year plus of olympic qualifying the men are exactly where we started basically pretty much yeah dead even between you three and you guys are the only teams that are realistically in it um, unless like Billy and Stafford win, like all. Of unless them. you read some some people's Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people that aren't even main draw, like on the AVP. No. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> as it goes. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Everyone always spouts off the Olympic dreams. Um, and then the women's race, too. So it's basically, it's funny because, like, the men's race for the top two spots is as tight as the women's race is for the second spot. Right. So there are three men's teams going for two spots. Right. And there are about five women's teams going for one. Because, like, April and Alex, like, you'll never hear them say it, but, like, they're locked. Pretty much, Unless yeah. something, like, bad happens or something miraculous happens to two American teams. Yeah, like, if I had to put money on it, whether April and Alex, if they sat out the entire season up until the cutoff, I would bet on the fact that they would be in. Yeah, which I think they could because, like, their average finish is 720 points. Right. And they have their 12 finishes, so yeah. like, they're, they're good. Everyone else is in the 500s, including yeah. the guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then so there's Carrie and Brooke who are in second, and then there is Clays and Sponsel who are in third. Yeah. Uh, Larson Stockman in fourth, and then there's a pretty big drop-off to Sarah and Summer, which we don't know yeah. uh, what they're going to do. Yeah, last I heard, well, there's a lot of uh, speculation going on at this point in the offseason. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. But um, last I heard, they were going for it, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but speculation is the point of this podcast because hey. um, it's free agent season. Hey. And the guys' field is, like, going to go bonkers. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's funny how it works is when we had Theo on uh, last week or two weeks ago, however long it was, he was talking about how like there are just like a couple like power brokers at the top and no one else is doing anything below that as they wait for right. the trickle down effect. Yeah. And and there are only like three guys teams, maybe four, that are like a lock to stay together. Right. You have your three Olympic teams, which mm-hmm. are Phil Dahlhauser, Nick Lucena, Jake Gibb, Taylor Crabb, you and Trevor Crabb, mm-hmm. and then I would guess that Billy Allen and Stafford's like I think together. I think they're staying together because yeah. um, they have like a great history, like yeah. they've been successful before. But then after that, we have no idea. Yeah. And so the point of this podcast is free agency. Yep. Um, we are going to speculate on and guess on some partners. We don't actually know who's partnering up with who. We're just talking about who might be fun. Maybe some little Partner rumors. Maybe we're some hearing. rumors going around. The beach. Yeah, but we have we don't have many facts out here. Right. So we're just kind of <laughs> guessing, having some fun with it. This is like Adrian Wojnarowski in the NBA, just like, who's going where? Yeah. And um, Mel Adam Kuy- Schefter. Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper, yeah. <laughs> so the top of the list that is a rumored split, fairly confirmed, is Chase Budinger and Casey Patterson. Mm-hmm. So where do you think? So like, I think Chase probably has, just as a blocker, We'll have more pool. Yeah, and and he's kind of up and coming. He hasn't really hit his right. ceiling yet. Not to say that not Casey has, close. but I I mean, it, Casey's game hasn't necessarily gotten better than it was when he was thirty five. You know, right. um, so yeah, I think a lot of people are seeing potential in Chase. Uh, a little younger, and and his game's only getting better on right. the beach, which I agree with. I def I mean the. The jump that he made from year one to two was huge. So going into year three, who knows what yeah. can happen. And so we know that – so Chase, we know, has Olympic aspirations. Probably not 2020. It would take something divine to <laughs> do was, that. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of international points, a fair amount at least, to at least get into quotas and qualifiers. Right. So he's got that foundation yeah. where you can at least get in. Yeah. Right. So my guess for Chase would be read pretty. 
for the wealthiest beach volleyball team in history. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Because you have like Reed, who also has international aspirations, yeah, um, Olympic aspirations, mm-hmm. and I think would be willing to make like a crazy push. Does Reed have twenty twenty four Olympic aspirations? He's only I talked be about Tokyo, right? So I don't know. Yeah, but I do know that like I, I think that the FIVB would be his highest priority. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that would be a high priority for Chase because he's talked about how, like, he wants to be an Olympian. Yeah. I feel like it's the perfect goal for Chase. Like, he's yeah. he's got his two years in, so he's established himself in the sport. He's got good amount of points to make a push at FIVB. Um, it's just about getting the partner and, and committing to him. I th- You know, you don't want to be jumping around partners mm-hmm. too much within a quad. And if Reed was to commit to that, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty good partnership. Yeah, and, like, there are two athletes who, I think personality-wise, I think they would mesh pretty well because they're both, like, pretty business-oriented. You know, like, like Chase definitely gets out there, oriented. like, is super dialed in at practice, just, like, gets his reps in, gets his yeah. coaching in. Like, when he was playing with Rosie, he would just go out and have, like, solo sessions by himself with two coaches and, like, right. You know, Reed has, like, all the resources that you could ask for with right. volleyball. So I think right. that, like, mindset-wise and skill set-wise, it's, like, pretty dang good. Yeah. Zero shots hit <laughs> from that team. Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I totally, I think, I think that's the most logical choice right now. I guess the biggest factor is what are Reed's aspirations going to long-term, like 2024. You know, and I think it's not a big deal if you don't have your guy that you want to mm-hmm. go f- to the Olympics with at the end of the quad um, that first year. Like, right. You can definitely do a lot. Of, you can make up a lot of ground in three years. Um, but that might be the factor, like deciding. Like if Chase does get a guy who says, hey, I want to go for it with you. Like uh, actually, you know what would make a lot of sense would be Cam Schalk. Because you know Cam, yeah. full, he's a, a world tour guy. He wasn't able to be the last two years. As we all know, he... Changed over federations from Canada, played in the Olympics for Canada. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's his goal is to go try to go 2024 for yeah, the U.S. for sure. So, and, I mean, he's got that experience. <laughs> and we know he can compete at the world tour level. Um, K-Spear hasn't had much success, and I don't know what his commitment is at the world tour, on the world tour. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, Came Schalk was giving uh, Chase a call, yeah. or vice versa. And it would make sense because you got left sider with Chase, uh-huh. right sider with Came. Chase sets like absolute sauce. Came sets good enough for <laughs> Chase's yeah. enormous window. Right. So I would like that team a lot because I think that they would both look at it realistically as well. That you know what, not twenty twenty. We can use this to crack in, yep. build for twenty twenty four. Kim knows be, what it takes to yeah. like he's he's absolutely got the world tour dialed so in terms of th- what it's like. Yeah. So I think it would kind of depend on what Chase is looking for what, like if he's looking for to develop something super long term or if he's going to try to like go go go. Right. And then make another move next year. Right. Well, you also got to factor in the Olympic teams, right? So right. now we have all these it's almost like do you commit for 4 years because we have all these guys in their Taylor's 40s going to become available probably. Right. Hayden's out. Yeah. Who knows about Phil and Nick? Um, the rumor is that they barely wanted to go for this Olympics. So yeah. 
I don't think they're going to go for 2024, but they might stick around. Uh, who else? What are the old guys we got? Uh, well, Rosie's off the world tour. Yeah. Casey Patterson's, he's 40, yeah, close so to 40, right? My, yeah, my guess would be that Casey would probably have more of a domestic focus. Yeah, um, sponsor he, focus. I mean, he has, like, a bunch of kids, you know, and, and he's done, like, the world tour thing. I think that, um, like, a 2024 run is probably... I think he's going to go for this four-man thing. Like, that's right <laughs> up his alley, just yelling at people and hitting as hard as he can. Yeah. Bouncing balls well, and I, making videos. I could see um, Casey and Casebeer. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know how much international stuff Jeremy is looking to do. Right. Because, um, like you said, like he hasn't had a ton of success, hasn't pushed that envelope much mm-hmm. in the past year and a half. And uh, Casey has a lot of success in the AVP. Casey right. Beer has had a lot of success in the AVP. Totally. I think that that would be a really good team. Yeah. I mean, personality-wise, like they are on opposite sides of the spectrum. But, I mean, so are Casey and Chase. Right, <laughs> so. yeah. Like, yeah, that team could be pretty good. That will, I think that Case Beer will be a factor in all this, whether yeah. he wants to commit to the World Tour or not. Because him and Kane did well um, domestically this past year, and they were yeah, only getting better. Sure. So that that'll be a big factor. And then you mentioned Casey wanting to stay domestic. I was talking with Troy Field, like, and seeing what he wanted to do, and he's kind of at this point where he's trying to decide whether he wants to commit to World Tour this in 2020 like knowing that olympics isn't possible right um if he wants to get that started or like i don't know i don't know what his reasoning is but to me it's like or do i just like stay home play domestic have fun get a few sponsors and play in these you know fun stuff with the mckibbins like four mans and snow volley and like making fun content yeah he's just enjoying himself for right now um so if he wants to do that then i mean Casey Patterson's your guy for that, right? If you want to yeah. just have fun, make videos, like get sponsors. Sponsor dream team. Still play really well. <laughs> like they're a great team. Um, that would be a, a big one. And, and I can pretty much guarantee that they've talked at least. Yeah. And then like that would be a super fun team. I think if you're looking for a crowd, that's going to be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Go or Troy totally. and Casey. The guy that jumps super high with a goofy approach. And the guy that dances and the dances and <laughs> yells and whatnot. Yeah, because then I mean Troy at the same time could kind of make a similar move that you know Chase Budinger could make in that do you want to build because like I could see him and someone like Miles Evans, two totally. young guys who have like a clearly bright future. Miles has done it on the world tour, has enough points where he could probably pull Troy up into a fair amount. Right. You know, so you don't know like what Miles would want to do if he wants to keep learning under Ryan Darty, or if he wants to say, all right, let's build something for the future, like their best friends, him yeah. and Troy, with great skill sets. Well, now we got to talk about, now we got to figure out what Ryan's plans are. So what does Ryan <laughs> want to do? Ryan, I feel like he's not, I don't know, I, I feel like he's not really going to be going too hard on the world tour. Yeah. So like when we were in China, he was like, you know, I, like world tour is not a huge priority. Like he enjoys competing at that level yeah and but it's just you he know, doesn't enjoy being seven foot on a small airplane it's a lot yeah <laughs> in economy yeah for sure <laughs> like, oh my god man when i'm traveling and like i think to complain i'm like he's eight inches taller <laughs> are you kidding me I, I used to always film him like, oh ryan's going to the bathroom <laughs> i'm gonna film him try to get in there 
<laughs> it's like climbing into like a box for yeah. him. <laughs> I like it. It is beyond me. Like that guy's a superhero. The fact yeah. that he has done on the world tour this long. Dude, he's never in first class either. Like he'll, I mean, he's gotten it's upgrades crazy. like anyone else. Crazy. But probably one out of every 10 flights is yeah. upgraded. Yeah. And people look at me with sympathy and they're like, you're so tall. I'm like, I'm one of the smallest friends I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm a small guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I walk around and like, I'm always short. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like what Ryan would do if him and Miles, like, I, I wouldn't predict that him and Miles would split. I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of a perfect marriage right now because Miles can still learn a lot under Ryan. They have a lot of points on both tours. I think that after 2020 would probably be a smarter time for Miles to make a move, but who knows? I feel like it'd be smart for Miles to get that, like, veteran, you know, you got to, like, step up and be able to lead. I, I, that's what I believe, like... You can't be a uh, follower, like, your whole career, which is the transition that I'm having to make right now. Right. Like, when I was at Hayden, it was very, like, whatever you say, dude, and I'll just do it. But um, your options are going to be limited as you go throughout your career if you don't, like, learn from a veteran or, like, really take it upon yourself to learn how to lead. And I feel like Miles is in that transition as well where he's going to have to, you know, I think Bill was kind of that vocal leader for their team. for sure. Ryan is that, but he's, like, not as hands-on. So, like, you're still able to do your own thing and give right. a lot of feedback um, or input. Um, but I think he could probably benefit from another year of that. Right. But, I mean, talent-wise, everybody knows Miles is like, whoa. Yeah, like, I mean, he made he's, a final in AVP and his second AVP main draw. Oh, that's right. Unless it was his second yeah. main draw ever, and he was in the finals. Dang, Yeah. We're going to pause here for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And as always, before we get to our sponsors, just want to give a shout out to all of you who are listening. We, uh, we've been doing this for a little bit more than two years now, so cannot appreciate you guys more. If you, uh, anytime you share it out with your friends, uh, whenever you subscribe, whenever you download, whenever you listen, whenever you talk about it, or just come up to us at tournaments or whatever, reach out via Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever it may be. Uh, we cannot appreciate it more. So appreciate all you guys the listeners and of course we do appreciate the sponsors without either the listeners or the sponsors there is no show for try and i to have um so appreciate all of you guys and and the first sponsor of course goes to wilson who makes the best ball in the game has always made the best ball in the game and now that it's off season it is definitely time to fill up on your new volleyballs the uh the new wilson optics should be on sale to the general public in january uh until then the old balls will be on discount pretty much everywhere you can find them so if you're not picky about the type of wilson ball you're playing definitely load up on some older ones or wait till january be a great little belated christmas present to whoever you need uh to grab a new bag of balls at wilson volleyball by far the best ball in the game and and i think you can ask pretty much any player we've all played with the molten we've played with the mikasa we've played with the spalding wilson kicks all their butts by far easily now, for sponsor number two, the guys who keep Try and I alive, at least our knees, uh, Firefly Recovery. I wear these on the planes pretty much everywhere I go, so you can have some pretty gnarly travel days. Like I had a 27-hour one to a Norseka and put on some Firefly Recoveries. I actually fell asleep with them on and woke up, and my knees were feeling so good because it keeps the blood moving even though you are totally stagnant. So it just sends these little pulses of electricity to keep the blood moving and and you recover way faster so when you get off the plane it's not like you're totally stiff 
um, you're, you're way looser and your, your travel time, like the amount of recovery you need after travel reduces dramatically because you have the firefly recovery on. So appreciate all those guys for keeping us healthy, for keeping our, our volleyball bags loaded up with brand new volleyballs. And last but not least, shout out to Pacific Coast Wealth Management. And here's our Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic update. Leading the Olympic race on the men's side, no shocker here, is Norway's Anders Moll and Christian Sorum. The phenoms from Norway. Uh, number two, the only guys who really seem to have their number a little bit is Russians Vyacheslav Krasilnikov and Oleg Stoyanovsky. Number three, Alisson from Brazil making a comeback. Him and Bruno looked pretty brutal after Rio, but now him and Alvaro Filo are number three in the world in the Olympic ranks, followed by Evandro and Alisson's partner Bruno Schmidt. Uh, German wonder kids, uh, Julius Tali and Clemens Vickler are number five. Uh, for the American side, however, Triborn and Trevor Crab are still leading the U.S. They are number 11 uh, in the world, number one in the U.S. Uh, they have 5,960 points, and they are just above Taylor Crab and Jake Gibb at 5,700. Our third American men's team is Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena. They have 5,360 points. Now, for our Pacific Coast Wealth Management update on the women's end, this is an American heavy ranking. So after Brazil's Rebecca Cavalcanti and Ana Patricia Silva, uh, who have 8,800 points uh, at number one in the world, we have Alex Kleinman and April Ross. Coming in at number five in the world rankings, Olympics-wise, are Kerry Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat. Uh, number seven, Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponsel. Number nine, Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman. And still in the race, to be totally honest, are Sarah Hughes and Summer Ross. They still have eight finishes, so if they get four more, they'll get the required 12. It is an uphill battle, but they are still in the race. So that is your update from Pacific Coast Wealth Management. That is your update from the sponsors. Try and I love all you listeners, love all you sponsors, and now we will get back. Back to your regularly scheduled programming on Sandcast. It's only the second main draw because he was not yeah. on tour, but yeah, yeah for sure. Um, then, but then, like, you also have Theo floating around. Oh, yeah. Theo and Miles Evans. And Theo is one of those higher uh, higher stock picks that's yeah. going to be a part of that trickle down. Yeah, I think kind of what Theo and Chase do. Uh-huh. I think Theo Chase and Case Beer are kind of like three of the bigger guys because like blockers have more pool than defenders. Just simple supply and demand right. economics. Right. So like what Chase does will impact what Theo does, which impacts what Case Beer does, and I do think it probably goes in that order. It's like I think See, that that's Theo, why you got to be a split blocker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whenever free agency do, comes, if it ever comes, do whatever. Can do whatever, yeah. Um, so like I think Theo and Miles Evans would be a great team because you have I think that's a role that Miles could step up Oof. into like a leadership role there because Theo's on the quieter side. Right, right. But Theo's been around, so like they have enough points on both tours where mm-hmm. they could go, and you know that Miles wants to push the world tour envelope, and I think that Theo, after he takes his off season, will be a little bit more rejuvenated. Yeah. And AVP, like, you know, Theo won't be in qualifiers anymore. Oh my god, probably. yeah. After being in the finals, so like I think that would be a, a phenomenal team for sure. There's so a lot like of options. There's so here. many moves that could be made, and then like down the road, like Rosie. Rosie's always a wild card. Rosie's always a wild card. Like, does do him and Brian Cook stay together? Because I mean, Brian's an unbelievable athlete who's only going to get like better. Yeah, he's be the fastest improved. He's probably the new tour. newcomer of the year. I don't understand rookie of the year versus yeah, newcomer. It's really stupid to me. But um, 
he's got to be our newcomer of the year, rookie of the year for next year, next year. right? Because yeah. he didn't make I, enough I main draws, I think. Yeah, because I think he's only made like two yeah. before this year. Just a big just physical dude. Hurt. Yeah, and so like he's a freak athlete, like yeah. unbelievable volleyball player. Right, and so if him and Rosie go AVP, because I I don't think that Brian would be like, oh, I'm healthy. Let me go to the FIVB. I think yeah. he would probably like have a year locally with Rosie and like you know they you know mess around on 16th Street all the time and there's like yeah, yeah, yeah. four man tournaments so they're good friends. I think that would be a good option um, for Brian to stay with Rosie, but I wouldn't be surprised if if people see the potential there and try to snag him like mm-hmm. I don't know Came or Came I feel like will take a top will will probably take a top spot one of those top um, blockers. Because he'll want to go world tour as well, right? But um, I wouldn't be surprised if someone dipped down to to snag Brian Cook yeah, and and sure. get him before he uh, explodes, kind of thing. Yeah, because like six six blockers with forty inch verticals yeah. who have played on the indoor world tour only come around so often. Right. <laughs> well, we also talked about Troy going potentially over to Casey Patterson, right? Which there's actually that's kind of a rumor that that might might go down. Um, but that would leave Timmy Baumgren open. Yeah, where does he fall in this mix? Well, he's such a good player, but but I've talked to people like who have played with him, and and really the factor is like like Troy. He said, "I just don't want to practice by myself anymore. Yeah. Like I don't want to be the wild the fill in because yeah. when when your guys in Minnesota, which Timmy Baumgren is, yeah, you're basically like the guy everyone calls. Oh, my guy's out. Want to fill in? And you're right. like, yep, yep, yep. Well, it's super hilarious because like I always know when Tim Baumgren gets a new partner because I'm fake Tim Baumgren. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Like when him and Kane started playing together, like Kane called, he's like, hey, man, can you practice? I was like, oh, you're playing with Tim, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 6'4 lefty. Yep, yep. (laughs) And I was laughing with Billy Kalinske about that last year because someone um, someone called, maybe it was Troy, that Troy was like, hey, can you practice? Um, But I didn't get too many calls from Troy because I don't play defense. Right. but and I, it was me and Kalinsky there at first, and I was telling him I was like, I always know who's playing with Tim because like their partners always call me to be their fake Tim, right? And uh, and I was like, I know that like I'm just like the poor man's Tim Baumgren, and Kalinsky was laughing. He's like, I played that role for a long time. He's like, I was always just the fill-in blocker <laughs> that they needed when their partner was gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing that you can even like he's that good to where people will actually partner with him because yeah. like I would never want my partner to be gone like right. that's not an option for me but like he's that good that people are like that's my best option yeah it's it's pretty yeah. impressive so maybe like uh, a Tim and a case beer that seems very reasonable yeah because like Jeremy's like he goes he, to Brazil a bunch, yeah, right? Yeah, Jeremy goes to Brazil a bunch, and, like, the way he trains, like, him and Kane very rarely... He just try, needs like, to serve balls by himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, him and Kane just had, like, their coach for most right. of their practices. Like, they didn't go with teams a ton. Uh-huh. Like, Jeremy likes the solo sessions. Like, him yeah. and Tim could be a great team. Right. Totally. <laughs> <sighs> There's a great option right there. Yeah. The other one, like, you mentioned Kalinsky. I, I would think that Hayden and Kalinsky will... I think that's a thing. They kind of, like... Yeah, they built a little something at the end of this year to kind of gain momentum and figure out what could yeah. work for next year. And they didn't do too well in Mexico. Did they? They didn't even make it out of pool. They qualified and then they lost to, uh, which they beat a decent. Uh, they had to Canadian play team, but they had to play Latvia. They had to play Latvia to get out of pool. 
Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's they, rough. Yeah, who did they lose to in, in the first one? Uh, Mexico, Virgin and Ontiveros. Yeah, barely. Lost, lost 15 13 yeah. in the third. In, in front of the Mexican crowd. Which is, you know, the best team in Mexican history. And then you're playing the best team in Latvian history. So, like, yeah, that's true. Shit draw. Right. But, you know, I mean, Haydn's beat those guys. Yep. You know, over, and Kalinski can beat those guys. Like, and they, like, they were close. I mean, the Latvian match wasn't close, but Mexico was. So, that, that seems to be a, a shoe in. Yeah, I think that's kind of a lock. A lock. Um, or at least for now. What about these young guys? Yeah, what so about then Partain? You go down to Miles Partain, yeah. who beat Jeremy and came in the Norseka semifinals over in Jamaica and then won gold. And he did oh, that, he did that right. with Paul Lottman, who they played two events together now. Lottman, got, there's got, another yeah. name. And so they got a fifth in Chicago, which is way bigger than a fifth anywhere else because it's gold series. Mm-hmm. So they both have a ton of points. And right. so I think the big thing for Miles will be can he stay healthy throughout indoors? Because uh, Marcus did not. Marcus was out for a year and a half, two years, because he hurt his back. Oof. So, but Miles is only a junior in high school. Like, I mean, He's a junior in high school? Yeah. Oh, He geez. just committed to uh, uh, UCLA. Whoa, to so, play indoor. Yeah, to play indoor there. Um, so he won't be on the world tour. <laughs> right, well, I mean, he could be. Like, there's a lot of uh, women college players who go out on the world tour and uh-huh. just don't accept prize money. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Miles just won gold in Norseka, like, isn't going to take the 20 bucks that they pay him for winning gold in Norseka. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right, yeah. Um, but, like, he's, like, a big partner move. I think that someone could pick him up. Uh-huh. I think Lotman probably has more stock because an Olympic blocker with a gnarly jump serve sends yeah. out, like, basically every time. Uh-huh. So where are those two end he's up? Only, or if they stick together. Lotman's like, only going to get better, you know, for Lottman's sure. not going to do any traveling. You know, right. like he's got a family here. Like I, th- I think he's done. Mm-hmm. He might go to India for another like random indoor stint with David Lee, which right. where David Lee goes. Right. You know, because he's made a AVP semifinal. Totally. He really should have made the final if you know the freeze didn't. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get frozen. <laughs> yeah. And then like I mean, you have Eric Baranek. Yep. Where does he go? Because he's had a third and a fifth in the last three events of the season. Yeah, third in a gold series in Manhattan, and a fifth in Hawaii. So he has like tons of points, and unlimited upside. Like barely tapping into the surface of his potential, I think. Right, that's definitely a big thing. Is the upside? I don't know who that who would be that blocker. Well, I'm thinking either someone invests in Eric, mm-hmm. someone like kind of in. Not necessarily an older blocker, but maybe a blocker with up and coming. Like, like I think Case Beer has so many options. Yeah. That like Case Beer and Eric could do it. I don't know if Case Beer would want to deal with some of the younger things that Eric does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like you, know, you look at maybe Eric and Andy Benish. Yeah. Andy six nine handsets like has proven that he can beat anyone. It's a skilled player just needed to learn like what. The, the timing and yeah. rhythm of, of a beach game, yeah. I like think. Adam Roberts was, like, the perfect partner for him this mm-hmm. year, but, like, Andy's stock, like, blew yeah. through the roof. Right. Or maybe Eric goes with a Lotman. Right. They'd be, you know, both have a ton of AVP points now. They'd be automatic main draw, which is huge going into the year. Yep. And I know that Eric wants to have, like, a set partner. He's been looking for right. that for, like, two Problem years. Problem is Lotman's in San Diego. Yeah, but I, I don't think that that would be a huge issue. Just meet an OC. Because, like, I mean, Eric's played with, like, eight different guys in the last two years and qualified with everyone he's played with. Right. So I don't really think he 
cares. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a good player for, for a long time probably if, yeah. if he's in, you know. Right. If he doesn't fizzle or, or, like, get interested in something else. Yeah, so you have, like, a lot of these young guys who are, like, like clearly rising. Mm-hmm. So it's either does someone invest in them and go down to pick them up or do they say, all right, I'm going to kind of get another guy who's on my level and we're going to go up together, come up together mm-hmm. which you don't see very often at that level because everyone who is down and looking up like, hey, like invest in me, invest in me. Like right. Everyone's always looking for that upgrade. Yeah. So then, because you got guys like, you know, Mike Brunsting, Ian Satterfield, uh, like Duncan Buttinger, Kyle Friend, like all these guys who are kind of... Kyle Friend, nut- I think, could be... Uh, he could be right there yeah. as, as one of these uh, next good defenders. I don't think he wants to go World Tour like... But he'd be a good pickup for, for one of those yeah. established blockers, I think, for, for sure. Because sure. I think that, like, he is every bit as good, if not better, than, like, a Baranek. He just hasn't had the flashy finish. Yeah. But Kyle, like, I mean, he's played professionally overseas indoors. Yeah. Like, he has his head's there. He's a little bit Kyle's older. been playing at a high level for a long time. Yeah. With, actually, like, our careers are, like, almost identical in terms of... Because we, we both were on the youth national team together and junior national team and similar style of play indoors um then he played had a good career in long beach played overseas for a while and then came to the beach yeah um but he stuck around indoors a little longer and and wasn't really sure about beach like i was um so but i think for sure that his he's also been uh, working out the usa gym Mm -hmm. and like being like that alternate for a whole year yeah like that practice guy for tyler Hellerbrand to use Mm -hmm. And um, he stepped into some practices when guys were gone and, and definitely was uh, carrying his weight, if not more. Yeah. yeah. And then when, so me and Kyle played uh, Norseka in La Paz and before that we right, practiced right. with um, Jacob Taylor. And I was talking to Rich before Kyle got there and he was like, Kyle's at USA practices and he's every bit as good as oh, for sure. there. Yep. And so Kyle was like... He just needed to be that. around it and now he has it. I mean... That's what we say, right? Like, put your, immerse yourself. Yeah. It, you're not going to get paid for it probably in the beginning. You're not going to get credit for anything. It's an investment. It's an investment, but immerse yourself in uh, in whatever it is you're trying to do, and then it'll yeah. just bleed into you. And I think Kyle's kind of put that time in, so now I think we're going to see it, it translate onto the court. Yeah, which means, like, Duncan Buttinger, another good blocker. Yeah, I think Kyle boy. moves from Duncan. Well, Duncan's just so part-time. You know, yeah. like he's a great player and he's been good for a long time, but he's not all in. He's got family and full time job. Yeah. And he's just a really good athlete. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Kyle take a step to to someone who's full time and and maybe a little more established. Mm-hmm. Right, and then which leaves you with like floaters. You got a Trambley floating around. <laughs> Trambley's you got a Ty Loomis floating around. Oh yeah, you got. Ian Satterfield, Mark Burek, like a lot of these guys who have been main draw for a really long time, who are really right. good players, just yep. kind of like floating. And all of these decisions have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could give you guys you answers, but it's just like we'll start with one guy, which if you take out the top three teams, let's take out Billy and Stafford as yeah, well. We'll take out the top four. Who's that next team? It's and like There is none. It's like Theo... It's like this layer of Chase. It's Chase, Theo. It's like trying to think of like the family tree of volleyball. Like Chase, <laughs> like Theo, Jeremy. Came. Came. And then you have this like... Orion. 
Ryan, yeah, Miles, and then it's just this mess. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, Piotr Marciniak is another one on the list. That, he's like, just a pure he's domestic just guy. Floating around. Just another domestic He's player. been floating <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. He's a little too good to be floating, which I got to blame him for that one. Like, yeah. just, you know, indecisive or whatever, like. I mean, that's just how he wants to go about it, but yeah. he's a really good player. Yeah, and then, like, Ricardo. <laughs> uh, Rafu, Ed. Yeah, I think Rafu and Ed are pretty locked. Like, I think that they're just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, both of them are family guys, AVP. We're not traveling. Right, right, right. You know? Yep. And so, like... I can't believe Ed's still going and still good. still so good. <laughs> but, like, his style of... of play yeah, yeah it's yeah. just so perfect for just like, just like playing stroking it to the deep corners yeah with I mean, his he lanky can't jump arms. over this zoom right here <laughs> but he can still hit angles that people just can't hit because like his hands are like are bigger than a volleyball mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so the guy's side is wild right like just even like who's gonna be the top team on tour next yeah. year like it's getting to that point, and, and I try not to think about it too much in this terms, but, like, at some point, these guys got to get old, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I've probably been saying that or been thinking that because before the the Hayden had, like, been pushing that bar of, like, oh, what's possible? How how late can you play? And yeah. Obviously, like, Karch played really late, and he played well, but... Um, I think Hayden's maintained his level even better than Karch did um, in terms of, like, just staying close to his peak performance. Yeah. Um, does have the record for always got to win and then always oh, right. broke his own. So, he, right. that's proven. He should have broken it in Hawaii. Should, yeah. Or um, Theo and Hayden. Oh, that's Theo, brutal. sorry if you're listening. Well, man. listen to the last podcast and you can hear how Theo, <laughs> what Theo thinks about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I mean, at some point, they got to get old. So, like, what's this tour going to look like the next quad? Yeah. Like, that's going to be super interesting. It's, it's going to be, be a crazy. fully different... It's going to be a facelift, full facelift. Yeah, like complete rearrangement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the women's side won't be as crazy as the men, as far as we can tell. Well, um, there's a lot of teams that are, like, doing well and in the running. So that right. picks out the top, so top five or so, There right? aren't as many, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, power brokers that will ignite the trickle down the, the so, power brokers are kind of staying yeah so april and alex april Ross, alex climbing gonna stay together carrie walsh jennings brooke sweat gonna stay together uh kelly larson emily stockman gonna stay together kelly clay's the responsible gonna stay together i would guess emily day betsy flint will stay together i think the big one that's kind of a question mark is sarah hughes some ross right um, because like we don't know what the deal with Summer's back is. We don't know if Sarah kind of wants to restart, get something new going. Yeah, Sarah's off. she's kind of said that like it's been a really frustrating year for her. I think having a partner that's hurt for sure it's frustrating. Like yeah, and she was kind of floating and jumping between partners, and that girl has not had a bad year ever. Like, yeah. she didn't know that that was a thing for her. I think yeah, this is like the first like really tough sign of adversity uh-huh. that she's had she's always been just winning 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 mm-hmm. winning winning if you ask me like i look at at sarah i'm like now she's more dangerous because i mean maybe i just use this as for myself because i've had some adversity but yeah it's like none of the great champions or the great ones like haven't had that plight like something happened where they had to overcome it and now it's like 
just like gives you that extra fuel that you need not that you know she has always had the work ethic and the grind but I mean if she if she just keeps keeps at it which she will I think uh, it could work to her advantage yeah in the long run but obviously it's really bad timing and stressful timing yeah uh, in terms of her chasing that Olympic dream she's got big sponsors and uh, obligations in terms of that um which you try not to put extra pressure on yourself, but you're, right. I mean, you're sponsored by Nike, so yeah. she was <laughs> the like the biggest sports company you know, on the planet. Following up Misty May in that in that sense, um, so it's been stressful. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they're a lock going forward. Um, I don't know. I don't have. I don't haven't heard rumors or anything either. But um, I know they made a coaching switch. They they're not. As a team, they're not with Jose anymore because obviously I'm, me and Trevor are with Jose, so it's just us for now. Um, but I think they said they were going to go for it. Like they have to like win like four, five, five stars or something. Yeah. To pull it off. Um, but it sounded like last time I talked that they were going to stick together, and then who knows what happens yeah. after that. So I think like if there is any chance of them making the Olympics, like they're going to go. Because it's only six more months. Right. You know, and so, and, and like, they're in a spot, like, they have nine finishes. Mm-hmm. Like, their average finish isn't terrible. Can you imagine if we get five women's teams in the, that qualify for the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, we're already with... We have four, four right now. Well... They're in the top ten. <laughs> right. And then Emily and Betsy, like, if they choose to go international, I know that, like, they don't go for country quotas very much because they haven't had, like, a ton of success in those, but... They could we could realistically have five or six teams in the top twenty five, right? Which is crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. And all the other countries can be like, yay, yeah, because thank you. because our three spots will get taken out. So that means the teams that are ranked seventeen, eighteen, nineteen will get yeah. automatic. Yeah. All these like women's like lower Russian teams are like, come on, USA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get on if we're not there. gonna win, we want you to win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but I would think that because the Olympics are like such a huge thing for Sarah, and like obviously for Summer, who's been pro since she was supposed to be a freshman in college, mm-hmm. like they're gonna go for it. And right. I think after the Olympics are over, and if they don't make it, I think that's probably when we would see that switch made. Yeah. Um, or after they're out of the running. Yeah. But I think they do have enough of a shot where they're gonna try to make it work if they can. Right. I think. We need to take a second to acknowledge the fact that this NCAA system is absolutely working for the women. Hell yeah. Like, look at... It's awesome. Look at these teams right now. I mean, Alex, April, uh, Brooke, and Carrie weren't a part of that NCAA mm-hmm. system. But, like, pretty much everyone from there on was. Yeah. Uh, maybe Stockman wasn't. Stockman was not. Larson is still the, the winningest player in Pepperdine history. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Sarah Sponsel had a fake graduation ceremony in Warsaw. Right. And I is saw that. currently ranked the sixth team in the world. Yeah. Like, the Steinmetzger School of Volley is paying off. Like, totally. Like, Zana Muno. Like, you look at her, like, just Sponsel Jr. coming that's, out. That's a, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, start rumors of breakups, but, like, she might very well be a free agent that gets pulled up. Yeah. I think if, like, you're a blocker looking to make a move, like, Zana's got to be on the top of the list. Because, mm-hmm. like, she's pretty, like, she goes out on, you know, packed stadium courts and just balls out and beats, like, 
like a Gina Urango who's been in finals and like semifinals for years. Yep. She seems like like yeah, she's got that like swag and confidence to her. Like she yeah. kinda lights up in the in the stadium, like mm-hmm. when you get more pressure. Um and that's the key to success right there. Yeah, because I'm looking at so we don't know, like, do Carissa Cook and Jace Pardon stay together? Because mm-hmm. Carissa and Jace are both like you and Trevor, where you know what? You're a left side defender. I could be your right side blocker. You're a right side defender. Right. I could be your left side. Right. You know? Yeah. Totally. Because so, they they can both play both ways, and two two more products of the college system. Carissa <laughs> played at Stanford and Hawaii. Jace yeah. played at Florida State. Yeah. I think that those two could play with basically whoever they wanted outside of those top teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Carissa has like Olympic aspirations, but I think that she's every bit as capable and talented. Where if like Sarah was like, "Hey, Carissa, like." 2024, like that would be an awesome team, right? If if a top player went, yeah, but I don't think that's like a huge goal. So I think you know, like a Carissa and Azana, a Jace and Azana would uh-huh. be great. And like Chrissy Jones, also like phenomenal player, right? Like hand setting blocker who's also like came out of Cal Poly, mm-hmm. wasn't even on or was court one, um, and like just balled out. It's so like right. the college system just producing like the next wave of talent. Dude, I mean that, and that's why you can see it. Like the guys' side, we're we're doing great on the world. I mean, we're doing well on the world tour. You know, three t- teams in the top, yeah, what, whatever. I don't even know. In the top, I think sixteen. Sixteen, okay. Uh, but the women have five. Like last, yeah, last quad. Um, Fendrick and Sweat like squeaked in. Like yeah. maybe got like fifteen, sixteen range. You know, yeah. to get to the Olympics, and then it was April and Kerry. And it was like the men's side, we had three teams in, and they had two, barely two. And then this one, now the Olympic, or the NCAA system has kind of like had a few years to, to get flowing. We have five teams that are potentially in. Yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. It's awesome to watch. And it, it makes we, the AVP a blast. We need to protest this whole country quota. I hate it. That, Can you give I, us three I hate teams? It <laughs> so much. What I would want if, you hate it? <laughs> if the Olympic yeah. If the Olympics can't do it, I would want there to be an independent promoter to put on an event where there you just take the best thirty two teams in the world. Right. And you put on a thirty two team like double LM. Yeah. And that's it. That's why world champs. You can, champs you is can the have best. eight Americans and eight Brazilians and eight Russians. Yeah. And like two Latvians and you know, whatever. And Anderson Christian. <laughs> and, then, and then some Norway team. Yeah. <laughs> I hate country quotas. I hate them. Yeah. I mean I get it. It's it's so tricky because Olympics is about the world. It's it's not it's not about any of the sports, really. Which, right. But the sad part is that our sports make our whole sport about the Olympics. But right. the Olympics doesn't make their event about our sports. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it screws a few teams, yeah. for sure. Um, but what are you going to do? Yeah. But, I mean, you look at well, another team that I'm pretty interested, which I think is one of the higher sort of potential free agent teams, mm-hmm. is a Corinne Quiggle and Amanda Dowdy. Right. Who were pretty good on the AVP. I think they got a couple fists. Yeah. Um, Corinne, without a doubt, an up-and-comer, another college talent coming mm-hmm. out of Pepperdine. Yep. Um, her and Fallon won two straight, or Fallon from Moana won yep. two straight Norsecas. I think they'd be a great team, uh, which then puts Amanda Dowdy, who is a blocker, who's been around for a while. She's just like, been kind of steady. Steady, has yeah. a, like a really good skill set. Mm-hmm. She could scoop someone up to mm-hmm. where they go, I think will produce one of the 
bigger trickle downs if they do break up because that's like as high as it goes because like the women's top are so locked right. that like there isn't a huge trickle down not to mention if you're talking about AVP Mel and Sarah yeah they're obviously a lock and then like we don't have to you know you got that. a Brandy Brandy's a huge wild card because she floats because yeah. she doesn't have Heather yeah and like because she's just sort of like oh I, I oh I can play this AVP great I'll pop in right. who, who wants the best yeah. blocker in the world I'll, I'll <laughs> pop in st- <laughs> steal someone's partner and then create this giant trickle down or yeah. whatever yeah so you, know, you have that and like who knows because like she's going to have the Olympics so it's not like she, she won't play much yeah yeah I don't honestly I don't know how much we're going to be able to play like yeah. the Olympic teams like yeah, ABPs you stay away. <laughs> oh dude I I, tell you what, I can't man, like, even think about playing in, missing in, more. In, playing in China for a three-star, like, I was so grateful for the AVP and the product it puts on. Because, like, a three-star is, like, a decently high-level FIVB. And you get it's, there. It's and a hard like, event, oh for sure. Oh, my gosh. Like, the AVP is 10,000 times better. Well, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, a three... Oh, it doesn't matter what the stars... You go to, like... China and it feels like you're in a one star Norseka yeah. or like you know like playing in a Norseka and yeah. then you go to a three star in Switzerland or something and it feels like a four star in you know somewhere else and yeah. like it's just like so hit or miss yeah yeah it's it's not the best system yeah <laughs> but um so we have Brandy Corinne and Amanda uh, Carissa Jace which I have no reason to believe that they would even split up because they're so good together. Right. They seem like they complement like each other. other's style as well. Yeah. Um, one that I'm really... Two people that I'm really excited to see what they want to do in the future is Therese Cannon, mm-hmm. who I think her upside is ridiculous because right. she, she just started playing beach. So she had never really played beach before, didn't like her freshman indoor season at Georgetown, gave Anna Collier a call who she met at a random camp like years before and was like, hey, do you know anybody who'd take me? And Anna was like, yeah, you're coming to SC. <laughs> and so Anna had her for four years, and then Therese was there court two this year. Um, and then she jumped on tour with Irene mm-hmm. Pollock, made a couple semifinals, made a few FIVB main draws, made a semifinal in Manhattan with Kelly Reeves. Yep. And then Sarah picked her up for Mexico. Yep. they qualified. So maybe Sarah and Therese, mm-hmm. who have that USC connection. Totally. They've played together before. Sarah can really help Therese develop and quickly, I think. They both have great relationships with Anna Collier, who yeah. coached them in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Now Anna's jumping on the pro tour, even though she said she wasn't yeah, going I'll to. Yeah, I'm enjoying my summer. No, know. they can't get me. They can't get me off the <laughs> yeah. strand. I'm, I'm not stepping off the strand. I'm just yeah. going to... Ride my bike down to Shawnee. Yeah, yeah right. ride my bike down to Chetumal, Mexico. That didn't Mexico. take much. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here, Anna. <laughs> she probably did go straight to Cancun after. Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> and then, like, say, I mean, you have, you know, Therese Cannon, but her and Kelly were so good that there's no reason that they should split up. Because, totally. like, I think that Kelly Reeves is every bit as good as any up and coming defender. Yep. She has a phenomenal serve. Mm-hmm. She's a hard worker. She's a really good defender, and like yep. she's super physical, so her game translates from AVP to FIVB really well. Right. So what she does, and then you know you have like a Brittany Howard, a Molly Turner. You're getting down like to kind of the mid levels. Yeah. Who have taken fifths and thirds before? Like totally. the women's side is so deep. You know, we had in Hermosa, you know, three teams out of the qualifiers from the semis. 
you know, so like the women's side is just so deep where the trickle down to like the Q15 is a real difference. Right. Like Megan Rice and Katie Hogan, who made the finals in Hermosa, like I think Megan Rice is phenomenal. They came out, they were like Q32. They were in the finals? Yeah. <sighs> How did I forget that one? Yeah, well, Hermosa, we were in, uh, Hermosa was bad. We were in Hermosa, yeah. I mean, we were in Tokyo. Yeah, you guys were going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, so the, the women's side, and then you have, like, Nicolette Martin, who's, like, she's made semifinals and quarterfinals. Yep. Like, she's floating around there. Like, you just have, like, so many just mid-level floaters on the women's side who could win an AVP. Yeah, I feel like there's so many good players, and, like, they're all, like, young, and, like, none of them are in their prime quite yet. Maybe a few of them are, like, in those prime years. But they're, like, it's, like, when the, when the right two get together, and there's a lot of combinations that could be there, if they can find the right combo, like, they're going to take off. Yeah. Like, there's enough talent there for sure for, uh, you know, two of them to get together, start playing well, and within a year or two be beating yeah. April's and, and whatnot. Yeah. And then you have like we won't get in like deep into this far, maybe for a beginning of next year podcast, but then you have some girls who graduated from college last year mm-hmm. who will be coming into the A V P this year who I would not be surprised if they're making Sundays. So like for I'll just put out one example. So USC's court one was Tina Gradina and oh, Bustamante. Yeah. Tina Gradina just qualified for the Olympics. They won the Olympic qualification tournament oh, in China. Yeah. Um, she's playing with Anastasia Last name I'm not going to try. Yeah. Uh, so she qualified for Latvia. I got to watch them play in Rome. She's and a hang out with her, yeah. Sophomore. She's a sophomore? So she's redshirting this year for USC to play in the Olympics, and she'll come back. Oh, that's insane. As a junior and senior. Whoa. Maybe. I mean, she'll probably be offered oodles of money. By the Latvian national team. By sponsors or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Tina's, like, a, she's a marketable person. Right. Um, and then, but so her partner, Abril Bustamante is going full beach. She was going to do indoor with USC, wasn't feeling indoor, took off, and now she's in the 1440 dev program training, going to get ready for an AVP season. She played Hermosa with Sarah Hughes. All right, that's right. So she made main draw, so she's already proven that, like, hey, I can make main draw. I'm already getting picked up by one of the best players on the planet. Yep. So, like, that's just one player in there. Like, I could go on for days about all the college talent coming out. Right. Like, we're going to have more Zanas. More Chrissies, more Sponsels, more Hugheses, more Clayses. It's that's just going to be the standard. This is just the start. That's going to be the standard. Like, there's going to be I, the sports got to grow with it, you know, because yeah. because the standard's going to be super high, especially on the women's side. And yeah. I believe that the men will always follow. You know, yeah, it's not just going to be like, oh, the guys are just a bunch of amateur hacks. Yeah, um, it is funny though, because like. I only hear complaining about small draws from the guys. But, like, if I were the AVP and I'm looking at it, like, the women deserve to have bigger draws than guys. Right. There's way more talent. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and we're also a female-dominated sport. Like, yeah, that's for sure. Like, clear. if you just go on sheer numbers alone, like, it should be. Right. The girls should be better. Like, they have an NCAA sport. <laughs> yeah. And we have, like, 15 D1 men's in, indoor programs. Yeah. They have, like, 100... 215 indoor programs and like right they have probably more women's beach programs than we have men's they have triple indoor triple women's it's already beach triple. programs and there are men's indoor programs. and that just started a few years ago yeah 
Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, that makes sense. Have, like way more resources, mm-hmm. it makes total sense. Right, but it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, wow. that's just kind of like this is just the start. Yep. And so we will continue as partnerships get locked in. We will update you guys. This is purely conjecture. A couple of rumors here. Just the beginning. We're only uh, nothing's confirmed. Off season just started last week, people. So yeah. So, but here's a happy Thanksgiving to you, the listeners. Uh, can't have the show without you guys. Yep. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you too, dude. Happy Thanksgiving to you, bro. Yeah. You uh, you got some good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to be thankful for. You got now. a lot to be thankful for, huh? Yeah, God, Delaney agreed to marry me, so super <laughs> thankful for that. So I wake up every morning and uh, call her to make sure that she uh, is still wearing the ring. Right. So I'm pretty thankful every morning. Hey, you still got it on? So, yeah, it's cold. Good morning, fiance. <laughs> what? Yeah. That sounds so weird. Yeah. So it's super fun. Uh, time of life right now heck yeah man yeah. congratulations appreciate that yeah the podcast is growing man dude the podcast family's growing we got the baby downstairs yeah, she's two, getting big added another pod mama to the family we added got a the new baby to the family yep exactly <laughs> sandcast is growing it's going big it's it's going quick for sure yeah this has been uh the free agency podcast we'll uh let you guys know when we hear other things um happy thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Make sure you share the share your favorite podcast with your friends and whatnot. And make sure you hit subscribe as well, because as we know, that's that's how we get our value out here. Yeah. Thankful for you guys. Thankful for the sponsors. And uh, shoots. Happy holidays. Shoots. <laughs>